Welcome to the Baseball Happenings Podcast. Our guest this episode is Michael Stahl, author of the new Bartolo Colon book, Big Sexy, in his own words. Before we get started with the podcast, we'd love it if you liked, followed, and subscribed to us on whatever platform you're using to listen to the podcast, and that you also check us out on social media. We're at Examine Baseball on most platforms, and you can find us on the web, baseballhappenings.net. We have Michael Stahl, author of uh, Big Sexy, Bartolo Colon. In his words, it's out now on Abrams Imaging. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Nick. Good to, good to speak to you again. It's been a while. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mike, so I think everybody wants to know, how did you link up with Bartolo Colon to you know, get this book started? Yeah, so I was a high school English teacher for 11 years, and then I left to uh, become a writer. And shortly after that time, uh, I met a gentleman named Garrett McGrath, who at that point I think was maybe new to publishing and, and had done some writing for this website called Narratively that I also had begun to do some work for. Narratively was also a new publication at the time, and they had open editorial meetings where just kind of any writer could show up and pitch stories. So because I was such a new writer and uh, no other publications you know, knew anything about me, I made sure I went to those meetings, and uh, Garrett McGrath was at one of these. We met, bonded over New York sports, uh, especially the Islanders, and uh, he, you know, fast forward uh, in 2018, he comes up with this idea to do the Bartolo Colon book. He's an editor at Abrams, and uh, he figures I'd be a good writer for it. He knew that I was a fan of Bartolo's, he knew I was a fan of the Mets, and a big baseball fan, and... Um, he, uh, you know, he, he wanted to give me the uh, stamp of approval to Bartolo's, uh, Bartolo's representatives, and it all worked out. You know, this is an interesting story because it seems like 2020 is somewhat the year of, of the underdog writer. And you just told your story about how, you know, you started at this platform relatively new after making a career change and, mm-hmm. you know, turn left, turn right. And here you are, an opportunity to have you know, someone like Bartol Colon, who's really one of the most decorated Latin pitchers in the history of baseball, and then have the chance to, you know, tell his story. Uh, can you dig a little bit deeper into, uh, you know, what you were able to do to get these stories from him and the people that were around him? Yeah, you know, um, so going into it, uh, into my first meeting with him, which was in May of 2019, um, I, uh, you know, going into it, I didn't want to be this, uh, come off as like this sort of, you know, typical deer in headlights Mets fan and, you know, and ask him about the home run to start, you know. I really wanted to make sure that he knew that I was taking this project very seriously and to show him that I knew my stuff about him and about his career and his life. So I did a ton of research uh, and I took a deep dive into his baseball reference page. And I had seen that he pitched uh, game three of the 98 ALCS against the Yankees. And he shut them down one run complete game and put the Indians up two games to one. Now, I'm a lifelong New Yorker, uh, essentially, and I remembered that 
the Indians were up 2-1 in that series. I didn't remember that he had pitched that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember the Yankees being down, and I remember Yankee fans completely, like, you know, soiling themselves. And, you know, and for me, that was the best baseball team I've ever seen. And I saw the 86 Mets. Um, so I, you know, met Bartolo. And we explained a couple pleasantries, uh, exchanged a couple pleasantries. We went downstairs, me, Garrett, his interpreter, and Bartolo himself, we kind of went downstairs to, in his house in New Jersey to his, like, sort of man cave area. And uh, I said, Bartolo, the first thing I got to ask you about is uh, you pitched against the 98 Yankees in the ALCS and shut them down. How the hell did you do that? And, you know, he talks to me for about 10 minutes or whatever. He gives me all the details, uh, you know, which all show up in the book. And um, at the end, he says, you know, I have video of the ninth inning from that game on my phone. As soon as he said that, I said, I'm in. You know, because obviously if he's keeping video of that on his phone, you know, 20, 21 years later, um, it's obviously a big memory for him. And sure enough, I, I think it was that day or maybe the day after when I when I went a second time, he took his, uh, his uh, interpreter aside. Uh, and his interpreter later told me that Bartolo said this to him. He said, Mike, when, when Mike asked me questions, he's like, I like it. This is, this is fun. I like him asking me these questions. And, you know, that idea of fun is a theme throughout the whole book. And I think people will enjoy, yeah. uh, you know, you telling Bartolo's story of, of that game because he's particularly proud of it. But mm-hmm. the, the whole book seems to have this, this theme of, uh, like, this light, fun theme, which is what a lot of people here in New York remember you know, Bartolo about when you were going through the process of collecting these stories from Bartolo, when did you see that, like the tone of the book basically was going to be on that, you know, light, fun theme? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't even think it took me going to meet him. I mean, I think we knew going into the, into the book project, I think we all knew what the tone was going to be. Um, and by the way, to be, to, I just want to make sure that, you know, everyone's clear that, you know, it, the book is written in his voice. Uh, it's, it's probably obvious to those people, given that, you know, Bartolo <clears throat> did all of his interviews during his playing career through a, a, an interpreter, that this is an English language written book um, and that he did not write it. <laughs> um, but basically what I did was I took, you know, the 12 to 14 hours of interviews that I did with him and, and I transcribed it and pieced it together and made it flow and, and all this kind of thing. And I really worked very hard at, at mimicking his voice. Um, so the title of Bartolo Colon in his own words is kind is. of a, a little bit of a, it is like a tongue in cheek kind of, you know, like sort of mild joke, um, you know, uh, with the title. So, you know, we knew that it was going to be fun and lighthearted. I think the story about his donkey might be uh, the biggest uh, the biggest example of that. But, you know, to be honest with you... Um, he, he held on to that later in life, yeah. right? I mean, later in the book, you bring that up because I think he has something to it at his uh, academy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, he had a lot of, you know, uh, he, he led a life of high peaks and, and steep valleys, as I write in the, in the prologue. Um, you know, he had some very harrowing, unspeakable... Personal tragedies happened to him. Um, 
you know, and obviously he had some difficulties in his career as well. So it is, you know, ultimately a light book. It's a quick, breezy read, I like to think, and um, it's very fun. But there are, you know, it's definitely a dynamic story uh, with a lot of, you know, peaks and valleys. Yes, and I like how you intersperse those narratives by, you know, select people, you know, in his life, his career, they're around him, you know, whether it was like a Manny Ramirez or his, his wife. Um, you know, I, I think those were nice breaks, you know, in between the story to get other people's uh, voices in there. Where did that idea come about uh, for you in the process of writing the book? Uh, early on, I, I honestly think it was my idea. Um, I remember Garrett, uh, the editor, he had said, you know, maybe we'll do sort of these fun little like graphics and, you know, sort of do some sort of career um, uh, graphics that kind of indicate some of the more like amazing moments of, of his career and just kind of do some asides. And I said, you know, what would be great if maybe we, uh, we get these like sort of aside stories from, from people, uh, you know, that he played with and Garrett was like, yeah, I think we could, we could pull some of that stuff off. So, um, so I just wound up, uh, again, just a- anybody that I could, could get my hands on. Uh, I spoke to Omar Vizquel over the phone, really nice guy. Uh, Bartolo connected me to Dan Warden, really nice guy, you know, through some PR people. Um, uh, I got to speak to Terry Collins, which was unbelievable as a lifelong Mets fan. Mm-hmm. Getting to speak to Terry Collins was great. Bartolo connected me to Manny Ramirez, uh, which was just wild to have Manny Ramirez on my phone. George Washington's <laughs> finest, yeah. Uh, yeah, just unbelievable uh, experience to speak to him. Honestly, like again, lifelong baseball fan, huge Bartolo fan, tremendous Mets fan. For me to be doing this stuff, uh, it was it was it was unbelievable. You know, I can imagine that. You know, as 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 coming from that that angle and being able to do that, and again tell his own story. You know, one of the stories I found interesting there, and it peeled back a little bit of the layer of, of Bartolo Colon was, you know, when he talked about his time on the Yankees and said how much of a mor- influence yeah. Mariano Rivera was on him, especially to cut down, you know, on his drinking. When you started to get that story out of, uh, you know, Bartolo, how did, you know, he react to that, um, that time of his career and, and making that, that change? You know, I love that story and I'm, I'm glad you brought that, that period up in the book. You know, I don't want to get into all the details because, you know, I, I, I'd still love for people to read it. But, yeah. you know, he's he's coming off of some, again, some terrible personal tragedies uh, that, that had occurred. And plus, you know, he was out of baseball partly because of that, but also partly because he was injured. And um, the fates had it that, that he would come to the Yankees. And, you know, I think if you look at the quote-unquote back of his baseball card, you know, you see, oh, he's with the Yankees one year, you know, like, maybe not that big of a deal. The guy pitched 21 years and he was with however many teams, eight teams, whatever it was. Um, but the Yankees was like a, a tremendous point in his life and in his career because they bring him back to baseball. Um, he's having, you know, again, personal difficulties. Uh, he, he develops a bit of a drinking habit um, uh, that, that's a little excessive. He does, he says in the book, he still drinks, but, you know, at that point, it was it was very it was getting very excessive, and uh, Mariano Rivera just you know really kind of takes him aside, and they become 
fast friends. And, um, you know, Mariano really helped him through that uh, period in his life. So then fast forward to the end of the season, you know, um, someone in the Yankees front office, you know, they call the Oakland A's. They're like, listen, Bartolo's great. You know, we love him. We're not going to have him on the team next year, but we have a feeling he might fit, you know, be a good fit for you guys. And then, I mean, what a, what a, what a great thing to do, right, for mm-hmm. a guy. And uh, he ends up going to the A's, and, and that's when his career revitalization, like, really takes hold. I think he finishes, what, fourth in the Cy Young the next year? Well, that was like, like an that. incredible season he had um, with Oakland. Yeah, and he's 39 years old, I believe, 38. And, um, you know, so the Yankees, as it turns out, Maybe people don't realize this because they forget that he wore pinstripes, but that was a tremendous year for him, uh, personally and professionally. Totally. And I, I, I could see how it changed the course of, of his career. And maybe that helped him extend, you know, the life of his career because of the changes mm-hmm. that he made. I mean, speaking of extending the mm-hmm. life of his career, he's been in the news a lot recently. He still wants to come back. I know that he's uh, looking to break a Marichal's innings pitch um, record. Um have you spoken to Cologne recently, you know, about this? And, uh, you know, what's your opinion on him being able to make a comeback? I mean, yeah, well, first of all, I mean, we, listen, we're friendly, he and I, uh, but but I wouldn't say we are friends. We mm-hmm. kept things, you know, professional, um, and I'm totally okay with that. Um, you know, I never got, like, his phone number or email address or anything like that. Um you know, we did things through representatives. Um, but, you know, I did sort of, quote-unquote, run into him a couple weeks ago when he was doing press. I was in on some some Zoom uh, chat calls or whatever we're calling it, video conferencing uh, sessions. And I did. we did have a moment where, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't even seen him or spoken to him since last June. So I got to say hello to him, and it was very, it was very nice. Um, it was very sweet. He seemed happy to see me, and I was, I was definitely happy to see him. So I don't really know what's going on with him in terms of, you know, where his head is at. Um, I can't speak to that. In terms of, you know, can he come back? I, I mean, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. Mm-hmm. I really wouldn't. Um, I don't know if it's in the cards for him, as he says in the book. Um, you know, as he says in the book, he understands that, you know, young players, you know, maybe they have more invested in them, you know, franchises have more invested in them and they want to give the young players a shot first. But I think Bartolo brings a lot of intangibles to a team. You know, I think uh, he'd be willing to pitch maybe out of the bullpen and and he'd really be a great mentor to uh, young players, especially uh, Latin players as well. And and that growth is a theme throughout the book too. So now he mentions so many people that helped him along the way. And even guys, you know, it stood out to me like there's an Oral Hersizer reference in the book. You know, yeah. he's mentioned in different guys. And then he said, you know, as he got in the last few seasons of his, his career, you know, whether it was young pitchers like Hansel Robles that he, he mentored on the, on the Mets. And then when he went to other organizations, the teams viewed him as, you know, like this guy that's like he's a great pitcher. And, you know, he can take these young pitchers and, and teach them how to pitch. I want to say it's Dan Warden in the book says, um, you know, sometimes you, you'd go into the clubhouse and you'd see, you know, during spring training and you'd see, uh, you know, Bartolo like holding court um, because there just would be like, I don't know, eight or ten, you know, all like sort of Latin, Latin-born players just kind of huddled around him, you know, picking his brain. And they would, you know, they would do their spring training workouts and Bartolo would take them to the weight room after and do extra workouts with them and stuff like that. So, 
yeah, just uh, obviously just, you know, he's got that streak in him. And, yeah, you know, I think he is paying it forward a little bit. He speaks about, I think, Charles Nagy when he was with the Indians and Oral Hershiser coming over to the Indians from the Dodgers, I believe. You know, and Oral Hershiser, he says, really kind of taught Bartolo a lot, which I found fascinating because Bartolo actually at this point does speak English a little bit better than people realize, but he did not speak English well at all in 1995 uh, when I think Hershiser was with the Indians and – or 97, I guess, rather. Right. And, um, you know, Hershiser was uh, was apparently a big influence on him, uh, despite the uh, language barrier. Yeah, and it's, it shows, like, how much the game, you know, can, can connect players, even if the language barrier is uh, not there. And, um, you know, early in the book, you mentioned something, and I, I, I thought people should hear this. Um, you know, Bartol speaks about, I guess, his first season or two. When he went back to the Dominican Republic, they actually held his passport. And, yeah. you know, I don't think that people are aware that, like, that goes on. Um, and I thought that was an, you know, interesting story that, that you brought out, uh, you know, in the book. What stood out about, you know, him telling you that? Because that caught me off guard that, like, there was yeah. a guy there that's, like, with the organization, like, no, we're going to hold your passports if we give you a contract next year. Yeah, you know, the first thing that comes to mind was, it took me a while to get that story straight. Um, and it's not that Bartolo was hiding anything from me or anything. That was all unprovoked, you know, just information he, he started divulging to me. But when I heard that, I was like, wow, that sounds really weird. Like, it almost sounds like, you know, um, you know, just like a, a bit of an overreach in terms of control over these guys' lives. Um, so it really struck me, as, as I guess it struck you, so I kept going back to that story because I just couldn't totally understand why they would do that. And it finally kind of clicked, I think, about the, maybe the third time I, I, I'd asked them about it, um, that the reason why, and, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know if baseball teams still do that. Mm-hmm. But at the time, um, according to Bartolo, um, when the players would be picked up in the Dominican Republic and flown to America, um, they would have their passports and they would give them to a team representative to hold um, until they got back to the Dominican Republic. And um, then, you know, the whole thing, would, if they got invited back to uh, America to play, you know, the, the, the transaction w- would, would happen again. And I, I said, I didn't understand why they did that. And he said, because if a team is, is bringing these, you know, players from out of the country into the country uh, to play, um, you know, I guess it's just kind of like this sort of work visa situation mm-hmm. that like, you know, if they, if they just go rogue, um, you know, if the Indians say cut the player, you know, they, the Indians don't want to have the player just stay in the country. Um, and, and I guess, you know, be the, I guess technically a, a legal immigrant. So, um, you know, they would take these passports to, to kind of make sure that they were keeping track of everybody's whereabouts. It was kind of a wild, a wild detail that, you know, I, I needed to make sure I got it right in the book uh, so that it would be included. And I worked hard to make sure that I did. Yeah. And I think, again, it's one of those cool stories that people are going to find in the book. Again, we have uh, Michael Stahl, uh, Arthur, big, sexy Bartolo Colon, uh, in his own words. Mike, what's experience been like for you with this book uh, coming out in the middle of a pandemic? I've spoken to a few other uh, authors and you know they've discussed their uh, challenges you know with a book being released and not really being able to tour in support of it um, what's been your experience thus far you know listen man it, 
for me, it's, it's hard to complain. Um, you know, am I, you know, am I a little disappointed maybe that I haven't been able to do some like, you know, in-person, um, you know, book signings, you know, I kind of had this dream and, and I had spoken about this with Garrett to, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I'd be in the SNY booth with Gary Keith and Ron for mm-hmm. a half inning or something. You know, I don't think that that would have been out of the question. Actually, right. I'm very, I'm, get, I'm very good friends with the author Eric Sherman, who you may know. He did like the Kings of Queens and he yep. did the Al Shansky book. Um, and, uh, you know, he's been in the SNY booth, I think twice, uh, at least. So, you know, I kind of had that little sort of dream that maybe that could happen and who knows, maybe next year it still could, you know, you never know what'll happen, but, but honestly, man, like I, I taught high school English for 11 years. I, I got to write a book about a, a player that, that, you know, I was a huge fan of, of who played for a team that I'm a huge fan of, um, I didn't know that I would quote unquote make it, you know, to, mm-hmm. to be able to do a project like this and just having the book come out period and, and being a part of it has just been a, an incredible thrill ride. Um, I'm so grateful. And, um, you know, honestly, the way that I look at it with the pandemic, Hey, it's gotten, the book's gotten a lot of coverage. Maybe the book doesn't get this much coverage if, if uh, there's no pandemic, if there's no baseball. So uh, I'm, I'm grateful one way or the other. Very, very true. Michael, if the readers want to readers want to get in contact with you and reach out, um, how can they follow you on social media? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter. At uh, my handle is Michael R. Stahl. Uh, last name is S T A H L, and uh, Michael R. Stahl. And uh, my website is MichaelStahlWrites.com. Um, and uh, yeah, so just then, just do a Google search. But make sure it's uh, Michael Stahl writer because there's this actor named Michael Stahl David who just he really screws up my Google my Google search results. <laughs> um, and he's, and I'm I'm glad he's a good actor. I actually am a fan of his, but uh, it does kill me when I Google myself. It's all him first. <laughs> he's got the SEO rank thing down. Um, yeah, if they exactly. want to go, if they want to go buy the book, do you have a preferred place where you send people now to uh, check out the book? No, anywhere. Just just Google big sexy Bartolo Colon in his own words. Just, just, just get a copy. You know, they, there's just, it's just chock full of just tons and tons of personal and professional details that I think people will really enjoy and, you know, wouldn't have been aware of uh, beforehand. Thank you for joining us on the Baseball Happenings podcast. It would mean a lot if you left a review on whatever platform you're using to listen to the podcast. And until next time, remember, keep swinging for the fences.